Yo, this is AJ with the Nation of Domination. Thanks for checking out this episode brought to you exclusively by FFL Plus. Have a dominating day and don't forget to fight forever. Fight fans, welcome back to the FFL podcast exclusively on FFL Plus. I'm joined today, like I usually am, with the leader of the Nation of Domination, the leader of the NWO Wolfpack, AJ and John. Boys, welcome back. Hey, glad to be here with the usual suspects for some midweek. Yeah, couldn't say it better, AJ. Looking forward to a uh, exciting week of FFL and UFC fights. Yeah, it's going to be great. Let's talk about uh, the last week of UFC fights specifically. We had Jose Aldo up against Rob Font, big-time Bantamweight matchup. Uh, Some other intriguing fights on that card. Overall, it was a decent card. Definitely not uh, winning card of the year. Uh, There was no fight of the year on there, but some good fights, some entertaining fights. Uh, John, AJ, what would you guys think? I love the event. Um, You know, it wasn't as hyped as some of the ones that we've already seen or the one that we're going to be talking about later on that we're going to get to next week. Uh, But I thought there was some some pretty good fights, pretty good showings, and I was happy with the the final outcome, even though I lost my my whole parlay. John, what did you think of it? Yeah, it was... uh... It was a good card, actually. There were some great fights on the card. Uh, the Brad Riddell and Rafael uh, Fassiz fight was really, really entertaining. Um, just a back and forth war. I couldn't, I couldn't believe how um, how strong Brad Riddell looked. I mean, he really looked big in there. Um, but Fassiz landing that spinning heel kick, uh, which basically put Riddell out on his feet. His brain stopped working completely. He had to completely abort. It was so great. Um, shout out to uh, Jamal Hill with an unbelievable knockout of Jimmy Crute. Uh, the Carpenter getting it done at 40 years old. Happy birthday to the Carpenter, by the way. <laughs> Clay Guida, yeah, man. Happy birthday to Clay Guida. Uh, and what a way to win against a Brazilian black belt um, with that with that choke. Absolutely fantastic. Chris Curtis, how, how do you not talk about this card without talking about the rise of Chris Curtis um, in a short span of under 30 days, getting two wins like this, uh, knocking out Brandon Allen? Um, really, really great card. And of course, Jose Aldo turning back the clocks, mm-hmm. looking like uh, the Jose Aldo of old, um, was really happy with with the Aldo performance. I thought Rob Font did a great job of continuing to press forward, but man, Aldo, Aldo looks really good, man. Looks really good. He does. Uh, the eye didn't look very good, but ultimately he gets the victory there. Uh, picks last week, I go five and one um, with, you know, Rob Font being my one loss. John went five and one as well. Um, and, Santos over Guida being your one loss and rough week for you, AJ two and three you go uh, last week. Um, 
couple of couple of close fights that just happened to go the other way. I mean, the Riddell fight, close on paper. Santos, close on paper. Uh, Jimmy Crute. Um, I, I mean, John and I were definitely nervous about Jamal Hill heading into that fight, but he left no questions uh, to the fact that he is back. Um, so overall, uh, our, our picks right now, I'm at 14 and three. John's at 13 and four. AJ slips a couple of picks behind now at 11 and five. But the good news is, AJ, uh, 269 is here. And we're going to be picking the most fights we've ever picked on a card. Why not? It's the biggest card of the year. It's the biggest uh, pay-per-view. And it is uh, the last pay-per-view of the calendar year. So we've got two, four, six, seven fights we're going to be picking on. Uh, and this will be how our standings wrap up uh, for the year 2021. Um, you boys ready to make some picks? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. All right. We, we start here in the prelims, believe it or not, between two ranked Bantamweights. Pedro Munoz, Dominic Cruz. Pedro Munoz coming off of the Jose Aldo loss, um, where Aldo looked absolutely unbelievable. And Dominic Cruz coming off the win over uh, Casey Kelly. So uh, we'll start with you, AJ. Who do you got? Yeah, this is a really tough one. Like you said, almost a toss-up here. Um, Minus 110, even odds. To yeah. Yeah, you know, like you mentioned, uh, Pedro Muna's loss to uh, to Aldo actually looking better for him right now after that performance that Aldo just had against Oliveira. But I like Dom Cruz. I got to go with him. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that he can pull up the win. It's going to be extremely close, though. I can't wait to hear what you two have to say about this one. John. Yeah, I just want to point out that uh, when we do these predictions, it's – convenient that max goes last every time uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh uh no i'm just kidding i uh I, you know i i like this fight uh a lot actually um you know both fighters are not necessarily the most uh critically acclaimed anymore right some older names here but i gotta say i i'm a huge fan of dominic cruz and his footwork and one thing that we've noticed from Pedro Munoz, especially in his last few fights, is <laughs> his, uh, his inability to make adjustments. Uh, we saw this against Aldo, specifically in the footwork category. I think Dominic Cruz is just going to have too much movement, uh, and he's going to be able to uh, wear down uh, Pedro Munoz quite a bit. But I think it's all about the footwork in this fight, and I think it's going to be hard for Pedro to hit Dominic. So I'm going to go with uh, Dom Cruz, unanimous decision. Uh, should be a good one, but I think Dom gets it done. Uh, and I do go last here on this first fight, and I'm going to go with Dominic Cruz as well. I think uh, from a striking standpoint, um, it could be close. Pedro had some good-looking moments against uh, Jose Aldo. But ultimately, I think Cruz um, was kind of gifted this fight. I think this is a good matchup for Cruz. There's not a lot of Bantamweights uh, that are ranked here in the top 10 that I think are good matchups for Dominic Cruz at this age. Uh, but I think Pedro Munoz is one of them. And I think, uh, you know, the odds here uh, tell it. So I'm going to go with Dom Cruz here in the prelims, despite the fact that we have a fight between 
uh, an unranked bantamweight fighter and a lower ranked <laughs> bantamweight fighter on the main card. Uh, I can't wait for uh, some press conferences and for these guys to get asked about that. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Dominic Cruz here on the prelims. And uh, the next fight we're gonna be picking is in the featherweight division. I will start first here. Uh, wow. And uh, yeah, I'm actually gonna pull for the upset. I think one thing we've learned here in mixed martial arts is that inactivity is gonna go one or two ways. Uh, for some. You know, it doesn't mean much. They'll step in after not being in the octagon for a while and look just as good as ever, sometimes better. Uh, and for some, uh, it pains them. So Josh Emmett, very hard hitter, um, seventh-ranked flyweight here, minus 160 on the odds. Uh, been inactive due to injury uh, for quite some time. I'm going to go with 50K Dan Ige. Um, I'm going to say that he knocks out Josh Emmett here uh, in a massive upset. Um well, not massive, but in a big upset for him. And, uh, yeah, he's plus 140. Um, I'm going to go with Dan Ige. Wow. AJ, yeah. who you got? I'm going to have to go against you on that one, Max. I'm not going to go for the upset here. I think that um, it's a little too much for, for what was it? What did you say, 50K Dan Ige? 50K Dan Ige. I, I love that. It's the first time I'm hearing that nickname. I actually really love that. And it almost made me turn my pick just that alone. But uh, I'm, I'm sticking with Josh Emmett. Yeah, I'm with you, AJ. I got to go with Josh Emmett on this one. I think the power difference is pretty significant. I think the only question for Josh Emmett being 36 is uh, long layoff. And the question is yeah, what, June, what Josh... June, June 20th. 2020 was his last fight and his previous fight before then was July 13th, 2019. That's just not enough activity for me. I, Josh Emmett is very skilled, but just like you said, it's the layoff for me. Uh, so that's why I'm going for the upset. And Danny Gate, he's got a lot of power. Mm-hmm. 50K. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Some guys can just hop off the couch and get into the octagon. I'm hoping that Josh Emmett is one of those guys. All right. Yeah, I, I, I think that uh, I think Emmett is the more skilled fighter. I think the only question for me, again, is the layoff. And uh, again, that that I could see two paths in this fight. I could see Josh Emmett getting the win uh, with a knockout. And I could also see Danny Gay um, wearing down uh, Josh Emmett and getting a decision win. But I'm going to I'm going to err on the side of uh, Josh Emmett getting this win. So I'll take him. All right. Next up. Uh, we head to the main card, the main card opener. It's the Sugar Show. Uh, I would be surprised if we see any surprise picks here, but I'm going with Sugar Sean O'Malley, the minus 300 favorite, uh, minus 305 to be exact for all you Canes fans out there. Uh, Bantamweight matchup. He's going against Hallian Paiva. Hallian uh, coming off of the Kyler Phillips win. Kyler Phillips and Sean O'Malley, both out of Arizona. Uh, buddies, not actually training together, so to speak, but uh, have trained together, have rolled around a bit. And um, yeah, Paiva absolutely should have lost that fight, or it should have been a draw at least. Uh, he does get the victory due to some sketchy judging. Uh, he was basically out in the first round from Kyler Phillips. Uh, the second round uh, was a, a close round, 
and then the third round uh, you could give to Paiva there. So um, I, I, I don't, I don't see any way in which Paiva uh, can, can outpoint Sean O'Malley like he mm -hmm. did Kyler Phillips. The mistake that Kyler made in that first round when he had Paiva basically out was he kind of gassed out and he didn't really have uh, much offensively late in the fight. So for me, I know Sean's not going to do that. Uh, and while he absolutely has the power to, to get Paiva out of there, um, he said as much on the Timbo and Sugar show, uh, one of the pods on the Fight Forever League network, actually, that, um, you know, he, he isn't going to hunt for a finish. He always uh, happens to find finishes. They find him. And uh, he's perfectly fine outpointing Paiva for three rounds, 15 minutes. He feels good about going 15 minutes if he needs to. And uh, I think that's exactly what we're going to see, a Sean O'Malley decision with uh, two or three extremely close calls for Paiva almost being uh, knocked out of here. Wow. Yeah, I actually got uh, O'Malley winning via knockout uh, to extend his record to 15-0. and 0. Um, you know, Paiva, like, like you said, you know, won that last fight to me, not in an incredibly impressive fashion. I think it was impressive that he stayed in the fight after that first round. Uh, but if you want to talk impressive, how about Sean O'Malley hitting Moutinho with 230 significant strikes? It's actually the fourth most ever in UFC history. Um, I just don't see Paiva being able to hang in there with O'Malley for all three rounds. Uh, Paiva, good counter striker, but, you know, he, he just, he won't be able to handle the power, the fluidity, and the output that Sean O'Malley has. I like O'Malley to go knockout round two, 15 and 0, baby. Nice. Yeah, John? Sean, Sean O'Malley, first round knockout. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of incentive for Sean to kick off this card and to have an unbelievable start to the night. He has a lot of motivation coming off uh, the Chris Matino fight, just not being able to put him away, essentially. Yes, technically put him away, but uh, I think he loves to just have those walk-off knockouts, and he's incredibly motivated, I think, to do that. Um, so I think we see a hungry, motivated Sean O'Malley, which is wow. a super wow. dangerous Sean O'Malley. And uh, we're getting a first-round knockout here. All right. Uh, we all go for Sugar Sean there. Next up, Cody Garbrandt's flyweight bout. John, I can't wait to hear who you got here. Kaikara France versus Cody Garbrandt. Wow. Um, this is definitely one of – uh, my fight of the night candidates right here. Mm -hmm. um, man, Kai Kara France is no joke. He is no joke at all. He uh, is such a well-rounded striker. Um, he's got great ground game, great submission, great wrestling. He's got almost no holes in his game. Um, and I do feel like the one thing that can minimize uh, someone's well-rounded game, uh, power is the greatest equalizer in mixed martial arts. Uh, and Cody Garbrandt has all of that. So, um, you know, there are questions for me about Cody's chin. Um, we saw Rob Font against Jose Aldo. Uh, we know Aldo has an iron chin, but 
Aldo never really looked like he was in a lot of trouble at all and did get um, a bunch of strikes from Rob Font. So I think there's still some questions about Cody's chin for me that I'm a little bit worried about. I am worried about the sub defense, um, but I got to go with my gut on this one. I think we're going to see a really, really in shape Cody Garprant motivated at flyweight to do one more push for a title. Uh, and I think he knows he needs to get this win. So um, Cody Garbrandt is going to get the knockout in round two for me. Oh. Um, I'll go ahead and hear this fight. I agree with you. I think it absolutely has the, the possibility to be a fight of the night contender here. Um, I'm a little worried for Cody, though. You know, he's lost, what, four out of the last five? Um and Cara France, he's been training over the boys at City Kickboxing for a while now. Like, don't blink is no joke. <laughs> um, obviously, you got to give some love to No Love Cody over here. But I don't know. I, I want Cody to win this fight. I think he needs it. Um, for, for a Cody win, I like a second round TKO in here. But I've got a bad feeling about Cara France. I'm I'm actually gonna go ahead and I'm gonna put in for Car France. I'm not gonna say how he wins, but I think Car France takes this fight. Wow. Wow. Uh, also, just shout out to uh, Maxwell making his debut on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks. Hey. Yeah. Um, Long time listener, first time caller. So I'm I'm actually gonna go with. Uh, I'm going to go with the favorite here. I'm going to go with Cody Garbrandt. I think this could have been uh, what he's needed in his career. I think his power is going to translate well moving down uh, to flyweight. And um, I think the other thing it's going to help with is actually uh, the same concerns that John has about his chin. Uh, I think, you know, there's still this power in every division. Kaikara France can absolutely knock someone out. Um, I think Cody's chin is going to hold up more at 125. And uh, I think he wins his flyweight debut. I think power is the ultimate equalizer. I think we saw him, uh, you know, try to work on some wrestling against Rob Font. He obviously uh, isn't the most skilled wrestler, though he's had some success there in the past. Um, I think this is a fun scrap. This is going to be one of the ones where I'm absolutely on the edge of my seat the entire time, anxious. Mm -hmm. Cody Garbrandt fights just do that for me because – as much as he absolutely has the power to knock any opponent out, uh, he also has a chin that has gotten him knocked out a few times. Uh, so, and I just don't want that for him. Uh, the other thing is, I'm I'm rooting uh, with my heart here. I would love to see you know a big time star pop up at 125. Cody Garbrandt getting a big knockout win here. Uh, you know, cementing him as a as a challenger at 125. Maybe. Uh, he calls out the winner of the triolage, which is uh, happening, you know, about a month and a half from now. Uh, I feel like that would be huge for the UFC, huge for Cody Garbrandt. Uh, so it, it might end up being the last time I pick Cody, but uh, that's what I'm rolling with, Cody. Next up in the welterweight uh, division, uh, somehow this fight is higher up on the card than the previous two. <laughs> despite the fact that there are no stars here. Mm -hmm. uh, but we do have a couple of fighters that are, uh, they're big time. They're big time welterweights. Uh, I would say they reach, you know, 
this win, another win, and then like one more win away from contention. Uh, Jeff Neal, one of the big time prospects in the UFC, um, lost the uh, the Neal on Neal fight uh, that happened between him and Neil Magny. Um, but I think despite that loss, he's still a big time prospect. Uh, this is a pick em fight between him and Santiago Ponzinibbio. Santiago, of course, coming off of the awful showing the FFL. No, he's coming off of a big win over Miguel Baeza. That name might sound familiar because uh, he was on a card a couple weeks ago. Uh, Baeza getting knocked out, though. Um, I'm going to go with Jeff Neal. I'm going to go with the bigger prospect, the higher ranked guy. I don't think he takes uh, two in a row on the chin here. I think he's he's just too talented. Wow, we're going to differ in picks again here, Max. Um, I like Ponzinibbio. I think that, um, that this fight's going to go the distance, and I like I like Santi on here. I like him to win via decision. Um, and what does it for me is who was the winner of the Neil Bowl? Neil Magny. And Ponzinibbio knocked him out a few fights ago. Um, so... I give him the edge here. I haven't seen a lot of these two fighters, if I'm being completely honest um, with you guys, but I'm going to go with Santiago Pantanibio over here. Wow, John? This, is unbel- this is actually unbelievable. Um, this is crazy. Uh, I am, uh, I am, I'm with AJ for sure on this one. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> yes. Santiago Ponzinibbio A has more weight. And I think he has a better gas tank than, um, than, and I do feel like, although ranked lower, I don't know. I just, I, I feel he's got a little bit more uh, in the game. And I'm just going to get with the decision win for him. Okay. Um, Next up is uh, is the co-main event, women's bantamweight title bout. Amanda Nunez, champ champ, um, big-time favorite, minus 900 against Juliana Pena, former winner of the Ultimate Fighter, um, has, has called for this fight uh, for some time, says Nunez doesn't want to fight her, which is why it's taken so long. She said Nunez couldn't make weight which is why the last fight was postponed. Although Nunez had COVID, Juliana Pena doesn't believe so. So definitely stirring up some drama in a fight that, uh, according to Vegas, should have none. And um, I'm curious of who you got here, AJ. Yeah, I mean, I have to go with the Lioness. Um, but something to to note is that you just mentioned the uh, the drama swirling around getting this fight done. And the line being at minus 900 for Nunes, that's actually since moved. Not a lot, but I'm seeing Amanda Nunes in the minus 850, minus 855 range right now as we speak. Uh, But how can you not go with the greatest female fighter that we've ever seen in the UFC here? Like, I think think she's going to do it easily, and I think that she's going to... I think she's going to take her to the ground like she's done to every fighter, but I think she's actually going to sub Nunez in this one because Nunez has been so annoying to her, as you've laid out for us. All right. John? 
Um, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> no. No way. <laughs> you're not actually going to believe what I'm about to tell you guys. Um, yeah, you picked a man. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, listen, all, all jokes aside, uh, Amanda Nunez is the most dominant female in UFC history. I mean, she's beaten... The resume speaks for itself. I think there's there's some underlying questions about the weight and can she make the weight and is it a tough cut for her? You know, she's got got the baby now. Is she motivated? All these things will be answered on Saturday night. Um, Never doubt the lioness. Uh, It's going to be so wild to see her her stature next to Juliana Pena. I think it's going to be it's going to be scary, the difference. If you remember her last fight against Megan Anderson, Megan was a much bigger opponent um, in terms of stature. This is almost the complete opposite. So um, I think it's going to be a dominant win for Amanda. I don't, I don't see a path to victory for Pena. I don't see a way that she can get the win. Um, previous opponents that Amanda has faced have had paths to victory. I don't see a path for Juliana Pena. So, um, you know, if she tries to wrestle with her, she's going to end up getting submitted. Um, if she stands in the pocket, she's going to get outboxed. Um, I do think it's going to be a submission win. I think she's going to rock Pena uh, and choke her out um, second round. Uh, no no big-time upset call here. Amanda Nunez buzzed her way through Juliana Pena. Uh, I think... All of the, the talk, if anything, is just going to motivate her more. Um, I do think that we are we are probably seeing one of the last weight cuts to 135 for Amanda Nunez. Uh, and I, I would caution everyone in the FFL and around the world to uh, appreciate her while we have her. I don't think mm-hmm. there's many fights left for the Lioness. Uh, and I think this is one of the last weight cuts to 135 we've seen. I think... Uh, Left after this is, um, you know, one last weight cut to 135 against Shevchenko, maybe. But we've heard Amanda Amanda's not super interested in that fight, being two and over Valentina, uh, and I think her her future really resides at at 145, uh, maybe fighting once or twice more at that division. So I pick Amanda Nunez here, like we all, and uh, just gonna soak up the. Um, the less than five minutes that we think that I think we see of Amanda on Saturday night, as this is a first round finish. And here we go. Wrapping things up here. Dustin, the diamond Poirier minus minus one sixty favorite, the number one ranked lightweight in the world coming off of two victories over Conor McGregor this year, two stoppage victories. Uh, coming off a victory over the hung man last year, Dustin Poirier going to be facing the animal Charles Oliveira, his first title defense after defeating Michael Chandler uh, in second round knockout, dramatic fashion. One of the best fights of the year that is uh, not going to win fight of the year, but it's definitely a contender. And uh, I got I got to hear exactly who you think wins this one, AJ. Man, this is going to be a great fight. Um, and 
this is one of those fights where I, I can see either fighter coming out victorious. There are paths to victory for both of them. But um, in, in doing my research for this fight and preparing for this podcast, one thing stuck out to me from Diamond Dustin Poirier. In his last 10 fights, he's won eight of them, with one of them being a no contest, and his only loss coming to fucking Khabib Nurmagomedov. That's an incredible run that he's been on. The only concern for me, to be honest, is he hasn't fought anyone besides Conor McGregor in over a year. And uh, Charles Oliveira has been through it with a mix of great fighters. So I, I wonder if Dustin's game isn't going to be diversified enough for, for a victory against Charles Oliveira. But I still pick Dustin Poirier to win this. My prediction will be third round TKO. All right. Uh, I am actually going to agree. I think Dustin uh, is absolutely in his prime right now. Um, I think he is the best lightweight in the world. I think we just saw an amazing fight uh, a few weeks ago between two amazing lightweights, Justin Gaethje and uh, Michael Chandler. And uh, I think it's the size difference, guys. I think, you know, Dustin Poirier is so big at 155. He looks more like a, a welterweight in there. Um, and I think that, that Poirier is just going to have too much. I think he's going to have too much. He's going to be too big. We saw Oliveira uh, almost finished in the first round by Chandler. And I think if Dustin has him in that same position, uh, Oliveira does not get up. So I'm going to pick Dustin Poirier. I think it happens via TKO. And I think it happens in the, uh, let's go with third round. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right. I'll go ahead and uh, round us out. Um, so a very, very, very good fight. Uh, I think in general, not not specific to this call, but in general, I think Charles Oliveira is being slighted very, very hard. Uh, he is not given any credit for uh, the Charles Oliveira that he's been since 2017. So since 2017, Charles Oliveira is nine and zero. He's got a 31 and eight record. He has 27 wins by stoppage, including 19 submissions. He's only been stopped seven times. He's only been knocked out four times. And the big thing is that Charles Oliveira, when you look at his last few fights, specifically the Tony Ferguson fight, which I think is a great example of who Charles Oliveira is now, uh, an absolute oh. <laughs> he's, he's an absolute bully in there. He's, he's a bully on the feet. The ground and pound was great against Tony Ferguson. He broke multiple limbs of Tony Ferguson with that submission. Uh, that should have been a submission win, but he's so stubborn he didn't tap out. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm just a little bit crazy, guys, but I think Charles Oliveira being a plus 135 here uh, is insulting to him. And I know that Dustin Poirier has gotten a lot of shine in the last year for beating Conor McGregor twice. I'm the biggest Conor McGregor fan uh, that there is out there. But let's face it, Dustin Poirier had to go through a year of training camp to fight a boxer. There was no risk of him being taken down in those fights. There was no submission defense. In fact, in the third fight, 
he almost got submitted in a guillotine. <laughs> so I am not convinced that Dustin Poirier is uh, the um, giant among men that a lot of people believe. I think he's incredibly skilled. He's one of the best boxers in the UFC, and he has an unbelievable amount of grit. I think if this fight goes past three rounds, uh, I think it's an easy win for Dustin Poirier. Uh, but I am—I would be very, very surprised if this fight gets into the championship rounds because I believe that Charles Oliveira is going to win this fight. Uh, I think he has more ways to win. I think this is the most dangerous grappler that Dustin Poirier has had to go against. Uh, and his last loss was to Khabib Nurmagomedov, who just remember how he won that fight. He won that fight by submitting Dustin Poirier. So um, I don't know. The numbers tell me that uh, this is a Charles Oliveira win. Uh, Dustin only defends 61% of his takedowns. I think a lot of people are scared to take Dustin down because he has a decent guillotine. Um, but Charles Oliveira is not worried about a guillotine from Mr. Poirier. So um, I'm going to go with second round submission for Charles Oliveira. I think he, uh, he showed he could handle a lot of pop from, from Michael Chandler and not go away. I think the questions about him fading in fights and giving up in fights uh, is, is the old Charles Oliveira. I think we've seen a new level from him. And I think uh, Max, to your point about Dustin being in his prime, I think Charles is absolutely in his prime right now and only getting better. So he has a lot of motivation to keep the belt. Uh, he's, he's done it the hard way. And uh, I, I predict that Charles Oliveira will uh, be end still at the end of the night. Wow. A lot of, uh, a lot of difference of opinions here. We've come a long way since a few events ago where we all picked the exact same fights, but one, uh, I cannot wait for this event uh, I, I cannot wait for some of these fights. I mean, the moment when, you know, they're about to say, are you ready to Oliveira and Poirier is going to be incredible. Sean O'Malley opening up the main card is going to be incredible. Seeing how Cody Garbrandt looks and being on the edge of our seats to see if he's going to get knocked out is going to be crazy. These prelims are big time. 269, what a great card. We made seven picks there. Uh, I have all the picks written down, except, John, I uh, I had to tend to Maxwell's. He's making his pod debut. Uh, I didn't hear who you had between Cody and uh, Kai Kara France. Uh, Cody Garbrandt. Okay. So uh, just so I'm clear, we all picked Dominic Cruz. We all picked Amanda Nunez, and we differ on every other fight. Uh, sugar, sugar. No, yeah, Sean O'Malley. Oh, sugar, all... sugar, sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dominic Cruz, Sugar, and Nunez. Wow, there it is. This is crazy. It should be a um, great one. Yeah, it should be a great one. Definitely looking uh, to have some action because these picks have made this uh, card exciting. But the card in general is going to be great too. All right, so we're back. Uh, we just made some incredible picks. That was very exciting. Uh, lots of difference in opinions there, so we'll see uh, who exactly is the best handicapper of the year on the FFL podcast. We'll see what the standings look like after this event, but there will definitely be some shakeup. Um, can't wait for that. 
let's talk about some of these uh, these active cards just briefly. We don't have to get into all of them, but we currently have uh, Squid Game, uh, Tough, uh, which is done now, and Grand Prix Five. Some big time cards, boys. Um, uh, Tough wrapped up with uh, you know Islam Mahashev being the interim lightweight champion. They wrapped up with Hinnan Barrow, uh, the new bantamweight champion. And uh, the main event there had DC defeating um, in in great fashion, might I say. It wasn't even a really very close fight between him and Anderson Silva. Though we know, obviously, uh, 205 isn't Silva's prime position by any means. But DC evens the score there. That's now one and one. We have heard that Silva's looking for a third fight. Uh, DC is for all intents and purposes, moving on to bigger and better things. We know that he's got a main event against John Jones coming up. Uh, so that's what his focus is on now. Um, guys, what did you think of Tough? Tough was tough, man. It was, it was a great time again. Um, you know, you know my affinity for, for Tough. I love the Ultimate Fighter every time it comes around here. Um, and what a... What a, a twist of the outcome that we thought we were going to have, huh? especially for me in that first fight with TJ Dillashaw, uh, just getting absolutely abused by Henry Cejudo. Um, don't know if we'll talk about the the follow-up to that fight, but you know, if you ask me, the fight that we got the second time around for me was worth it to go through that. Um, ton of other, the other highlights. Uh, but it was a very even one, right? I think the outcome for both sides came out to pretty much the same. The decider had to be DC Silva, right? Yeah, it was it was a very even uh, contest between the two teams. On paper, I felt like Team DC uh, was going to honestly boat race uh, the mm-hmm. other side. But um, yeah, I think one of the reasons that that didn't happen was absolutely Bullet Club. Bullet Club had an amazing tough. Um, you know, they did ultimately end up losing again to Dillashaw. Well, not again, but losing to Dillashaw in the finale. But uh, a great performance by Cejudo there regardless, right? I think that was uh, a great performance by Dillashaw, but also a great performance by Cejudo. Um, you know, I, 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 Cejudo's now coming off of three losses here, but um, I, I, I still think there's no doubt that he's one of the best bantamweight and flyweights uh, in, sure. the league, in the league. Um, John, what were your thoughts on Tough? Uh, you know, putting aside my own personal feelings on Tough, uh, I thought it was such a good event. Um, it had everything you kind of wanted in in a FFL event. Of course, to AJ's point, Tough is always uh, one of my favorite events as well. Just incredible. Um, but to lose two championship fights uh, was pretty brutal. And then uh, Corey um, decided to kind of go rogue and call out Hennon on mm-hmm. Twitter and to lose the follow-up fight. Just pretty embarrassing showing for us. But uh, but overall, love tough. Um, it's why it's one of the big four events in the FFL every year. Uh, it's got to be there. So amazing. Yeah. And um, another reason why tough may be kind of tough for you, man. Uh, I wonder if we look back at the season, once things are all said and done, we're sitting at the post-show of Mirko Mania, and we're looking back at the Ultimate Fighter and how the Wolfpack looked going into the Ultimate Fighter 
and how it looks at the end of the year because there's obviously been some shakeup on your squad uh, since this event yeah. started. Um, you know, <laughs> let's not forget the last time you saw or heard from uh, Conor McGregor was at a fight in the uh, semifinals of Tough. Um, so it, it's, it it's, hasn't been the t- best event for you. But I do have to say, NWO absolutely showed up, you know, making both finales. Um, and, uh, you know, you had, you had some incredible performances uh, throughout the event. So uh, round of applause for you, John, as uh, you always show up no matter, you know, who you're commanding. Yeah, thank you for that. Appreciate it. Uh, moving on, Squid Game. Squid Game has been uh, has been fun. There's you know a couple fights left. One big one between you and I, AJ, and I think we're going to try and see that one today. Uh, we're going to get that on today. Yeah, wow. Francis Ngannou, Cyril Gon, big time heavyweight matchup. Uh, going to be a, an absolutely fun fight. We saw a game of tag between uh, Davis and Figueredo, uh, making his debut for my team. That was fun. Uh, what do you guys think of Squid Game? I think it's been a fun event. I think it's been a lot of fun too. You know, some results uh, leading to to debate. You know, I think of some of the the square triangle circle ones and how limiting that is, especially to to some of our users that have such a um, how do I say, a diverse and well rounded game. You know, you limit it to just three of the buttons and uh, some modifiers. Um, but I think it was a great idea that was hatched out and, um, I wish I could have been present for more of it in the moment, to be honest, I didn't get to, to be live for a lot of this, had a lot of things going on, but, um, I had a lot of fun looking back at some of them. John, what are your yeah, thoughts I mean, on how, how could you not like the event? I mean, it, the, yeah, the production, the video, the concept art, uh, the stipulations in the fight that definitely played out I mean, were challenging. We've had challenging stipulations like leg kicks only. and We've done this before in the FFL and mm-hmm. uh, fantastic. Though we saw a great um, flyweight championship fight. Bernie Moreno looking like a world beater right now uh, going against at the time a very, very hot Henry Cejudo who continues to be the top fighters in the league and uh Brandon just put on a clinic in that fight so proud of him but yeah, yeah i mean absolute great great event overall and uh wrapping things up for the current live events uh grand prix five last chance last dance saw some amazing fights there um bobby whitaker bobby knuckles the new interim middleweight champion uh, setting up a big fight we'll talk about in a minute here. We had Israel Adesanya's debut. We had Joanna's uh, debut and new Adam Waite champion for the corporation. Um, some big-time, big-time fights. Thug Rose debuted. Brian Ortega debuted. Max Holloway with one of the best uh, flash knockouts we've seen this season. Mm-hmm. The Flying Knee. Uh, Barboza. Uh, beating Volkanovski. Um, we we still have to see Kamaru Usman, and uh, we still have to see GSP. We still have to see Gaethje versus Rafael Dos Anjos. We still have some big fights out there. Chandler Oliveira, 
But um, what are your thoughts on Grand Prix so far? Man, this was cool because there was a lot of debuts, a lot of new fighters in new places, right? Michelle Waterson in a new place, uh, Thug Rose in a new place, Brian Ortega in a new place, uh, Leon Edwards in a new place, Justin Gaethje in a new place, uh, Israel Adesanya in a new place. I've essentially named my entire team. We're all <laughs> in a new place. Um, but a lot of cool debuts, you know, so if you had questions around maybe how a fighter would look on a different fight team, I think it was cool to see some of that happen. So, um, I was really excited and pleased with, uh, with my guys showing, um, being able to have so many debuts, uh, appreciated the commission, giving them an opportunity right out of the gate and, uh, Grand Prix five is great, man. There's a lot at stake. There's a lot, there's a lot on the line to want. Sure. Speaking of finishing early, Max. Yeah, go go ahead, please. Of the sponsored by Hims Clock Stopper, anti climax wipes, likes an early round stoppage in a fight. I know we can all attack at one point or another. There's um, a way to make those fights a multi. Time. And that's where Hims Clock Stoppers come into play. Hims uh, for giving an, giving us an opportunity to uh, be a sponsor on this show. Uh, FFL Plus is the promo code for free shipping. Go offer right now for MX Wipes Clock Stopper. Thank you, John. And uh, still a bit too early to completely wrap up Grand Prix 5. Uh, to reveal all the points and standings and everything. We still have too many fights to happen for that. But uh, Grand Prix 6, if you guys didn't know, is actually round one of the playoffs. Grand Prix 6 is round one, part one of the playoffs. And uh, wow. it's going to be great seeing some some seeding come out. We're going to get some brackets out there. Grand Prix has uh, been a fun storyline throughout the season. and We're about to hit the climax, so to speak. Um, so super excited about Grand Prix, but it, it's time to debut uh, some information for you guys. Wrap things up with a match oh, bomb. Uh, we have uh, we have a, our our next uh, event, Bloodsport. You guys know about that. Um, let me tell you about some fights that are going to be happening at Bloodsport. So you know that John Jones' return to the Octagon, two FFLs taking place as he fights for his uh, his light heavyweight championship. Um, the undefeated John Jones will be taking on Gokun Saki, the current light heavyweight champion. Also on the, uh, on the blood sport card is a title that is being unified between the current champion and an interim champion. And that fight is none other, none other than interim champion, Robert Whitaker. Uh, going to be fighting current middleweight champion Marvin Vittori as Vittori returns wow. to the octagon. What a uh, fight here at Bloodsport! A big return. Yeah, there... uh, and, and then we have uh, another big time fight here. I, I mean, it's unbelievable. We're going to see uh, current Adam Weight champion Joanna, uh, Joanna Janjacek. Um, going to be taking on 
It's absolutely killing me. Yeah, the suspense is crazy, right? Uh, No, so Yoano Yonjacek is going to be taking on... uh, I I almost didn't want to say this. I I booked it uh, with the Croatian Commission last night in in an event to... uh, They moved this from a a, a future event to this card just to make Bloodsport, you know, have a little more... uh, have a little more stank on it and also the fact that there is no women on this card is why uh why this is being booked this way but um yeah Joanna and Jacek uh is going to be fighting Thugrose Nama Yunus for the strawweight oh! title oh, for, the, wow. for the strawweight title oh. the, va- the vacant strawweight title between those two is going to be uh going to be taking place so there it is um that those are the three uh, big time title fights. So we have the strawweight title between Thug Rose and Joanna. We have the middleweight uh, unification between Robert Whitaker and Vittori. We have the light heavyweight championship between John Jones and Gokunsaki. And then we have the first ever Bloodsport Purge tournament with the following fighters entering Bloodsport for the nation of domination. AJ, go ahead. AJ? Hang on, I lost you there. Sorry. The last thing I heard was entering Bloodsport for the Nation of Domination. Yeah, if you could uh, tell us who that will be. Oh, that'll be none other than the Dream Overeem. Wow. Alistair Alistair. is going to climb that ladder for me, right? And uh, we're going to hope that we can break heavyweights never being able to win or sorry light heavyweights the big boys can't win but i i, I like overeem's chances in this one overeem the heavyweight uh prime overeem uh scary one of the greatest kickboxers in ufc and uh the stand and bang tournament just got flipped on its head with alistair overeem entering blood sport for the nwo Wolfpack, john yeah super exciting and thrilled um, the NWO Wolfpack is going to be sending the last style bender, Israel Adesanya, oh into God. the Kumite, into Bloodsport, making his uh, Bloodsport unbelievably excited for him and uh, to be represented by the Wolfpack. Love that. Uh, entering Bloodsport for the corporation is none other than former heavyweight champion Cyril Gaon. Cyril Gaon, tremendous kickboxer, and uh, he also is going to try and defeat the stigma. No heavyweight has ever won blood sport. Uh, He's trying to be the first to prove that he's got a great gas tank. Um, And I can't can't wait to see what happens there. Next up uh, is the, just scrolling down here, Savage Joe's. Savage Joe's is uh, going to be submitting into Bloodsport Isaac Frost, the big heavyweight wow. with a ton of power. Wow. Definitely oh more God. of a boxer, not bringing oh much to the table from a oh kicking my God. standpoint. 
but uh stand and bang boxing he's gonna hope to uh to submit it so izzy's in there with some big boys john your reaction so far yeah not going the way i thought the selection process would go quite honestly based on the teams um yeah uh, i still feel great about izzy you know he's got uh everything that you want in a uh stand stand up fight so um but yeah there's some big boys in there uh isaac frost is no joke i i'm very curious to see what happens uh when he's in the blood sport tournament with that control Next up, we jump over to uh, Bullet Club. Bullet Club will be submitting Jorge Masvidal, Gamebred. Gamebred, uh, the smallest fighter so far at 170, but Gamebred is going to be entering uh, Bloodsport. Uh, next up, we move to Team Apex. Team Apex will be entering Cody Garbrandt. <laughs> oh. Cody Garbrandt is entering the, the Kumite. And uh, for Modesto Nuts, we're going to be seeing Gilbert Burns. Okay. Okay. Well, it's... Yeah, it's, it's uh, interesting. It's, it's interesting. That's tough. You know, that's tough. Uh, and for, for the Darth Knights, the final team... Uh, they will be sent, uh, submitting Darren Till. Darren Till is going to be entering the Kumite at uh, at one eighty five. So Till Burns, okay, Garbrandt, <laughs> Overeem, Masvidal, Frost, Adesanya, gone. One of those names will be the next Bloodsport champion, the first Bloodsport Purge champion. Bloodsport Purge, of course, a stand and bang tournament. All these men uh, won't have to worry about making weight. Um, all they have to do is show up and defeat the other person in a fight where there is no wrestling, there is no clinch, there is no submitting. Uh, and I can't wait to see the results of that Bloodsport. It's going to be happening soon. Uh, and uh, more more news to come on exactly how it's going to be happening. It's going to be happening one of two ways. Either uh, we we all hop on and watch the entire tournament at once, or uh, I stream the tournament in, in parts, and we watch it uh, in kind of episodes. Haven't exactly decided yet. I'll get oh wow. The, I'll get the league to vote on how they want to consume blood sports. Super innovative. Yeah. So we'll we'll either all watch the whole thing at once, or we'll uh, break it up in uh in episodes so that's blood sport uh tremendous card three big title fights one blood sport tournament is the main event and uh it's gonna be incredible last max bomb gonna leave on this note guys aj john thank you guys for uh, attending today um coming up next our next pay-per-view the pay-per-view for december to end the year is armageddon Wow. Let's go. Armageddon. Uh, It's going to have some major fights on it. Can't wait for that. Thank you guys for listening to the FFL podcast. This is the only place you can get fantastic content like this. AJ, thanks for joining the show, man. Thank you. John, pleasure as always. Pleasure.
thank you, AJ. Thank you, Max. Uh, wow, I'm so excited for what, what's in store for this league coming up. Yes, and uh, I'm so excited for Paradise Lost. What's that? You'll find out soon. Whoa. This is the FFL Podcast exclusively on FFL+.